2: There's a new word game taking the internet by storm. It's called Wordle. It's completely free. And by design, it's not a time suck. Is the next wave of watching sports, a courtside VR experience. With the Oculus Quest 2, you may be able to be at the game without actually being at the game. Rebundle, a black-owned woman-founded hair care startup that creates plant-based hair extensions, gets $1.4 million in pre-seed venture funding. And have NFTs jump the shark. We've got three different opinions from three different voices, and we're all probably kind of right. We've got all this and more in episode 18 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio,
1: I'm your host, Rob Dunwood.
0: And from Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph.
1: And in the uh, snowpocalypse version 2, but not really, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech.
0: Y'all
1: be wild. <laughs> you ain't got no other AKA for us today. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, AKA snowpocalypse part two, cause it uh, finally yeah. snowed down south, but not really. It just got a little coating. Uh, my family was, uh, more than excited to go outside and make a dirty snowman. So <laughs> that's, what, that's what they did. Cause it wasn't enough snow to do anything, but this is like the first snow they've seen in like years. So. And they kids. So, I mean, what are you going to do?
2: Well, for being here in in central Ohio, that is, a, you know, we're not the snow belt like up around Cleveland, but you do get snow here. This is the first time this season that I've actually had to shovel. So, um, literally an hour or two before we're live doing this, I went out and uh, shoveled the driveway. It was, it's, it's really cold. So, it's super light, fluffy. It only took me 10 minutes to do, you know, my driveway and sidewalk. So, it wasn't that bad. I don't miss that, though, because I haven't done that. Usually, you know, by this time of the season, I would say I had to shovel four or five times. So for being the first time, I didn't have to shovel at all in the fall of uh, 2021. I'm not going to complain at all.
0: No. And we didn't get uh, we didn't. I don't I'm like, I don't think we really got snow. We got like sleet, You know, rain slush kind of thing. Um, and my neighbor, shout out to my neighbor. I think his name is Mark. <laughs> I, don't <really laughs> I don't really know his name, like that. Mike, his name is Mike. Actually, I do know. Um, he, he will usually get up early and take care of, I have a shared, um, walkway out of the front door of my house. And then I, you know, I have to do my I don't have to do my driveway typically because it's never that deep. But, um but yeah, he usually be on it with the with the walkway. Well, I be I be thinking I need to get up and put all my stuff on, and I look out the little window out the front door, and it's all I'm like, like, like. Dude. Right.
1: Well, don't be one of them type of people that when the one time he don't do it, you mad? No, 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 no. <laughs>
0: Listen, I I don't mind getting out there. I, I can't so, stand it, but it don't take too long, and I, you know I, it's not a whole long thing. Just
2: I will say this. Because I didn't like these neighbors and they, they've, you know, they've moved away. So I'm going to talk about them. But I had a neighbor that like in order to finish the sidewalk I, and I've measured this, they had to go four feet, two inches additional and they would just leave that. So it's like, and they would leave it. why would you just leave that right there instead of instead of just doing it? Um, when like some of
0: the people in my in my I have a like it's a duplex with a courtyard and. There's a, sh- there's a one main shared walkway and then everybody has their little path to their, their porches and stuff. People will shuffle half that walkway. Yeah. Like lengthwise. So it's just this narrow strip in front of their house. I'm
2: like, for real, for real. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't be that neighbor. Like I said, just over four feet. The time that now we're not talking about like you got 18 inches of snow and you need a snowblower to get it. And it's like, that's backbreaking work. It's like 33 degrees and it's all melting. It's not that I'm talking about. It's like, it would take you an additional 90 seconds. If that, to do that. And what makes it worse Mm -hmm. is that they will walk over it to do there. So now if you don't get to it first. You, you know, it's all, you know, it's all mashed in and it's hard, hard to get back up. And back. it's like, you know, it's like, why would you just not do that? I don't know. So don't, don't be that neighbor. Don't be That's that neighbor. some
0: of my neighbors too. Straight yeah. petty.
2: <laughs> but anyway, let's, let's get some formalities out of the way. And uh, talk about Patreon. So folks, we are on Patreon uh, dot com. If you head over to Patreon.com forward slash the tech John, uh you can uh, become a supporter of the show. And with that, you'll get access to things like we're doing now, the uh the, the live stream. Uh we had a a good suggestion that just came in today is that we should actually publish the exact time that the live stream is going to start and just put it on a website, put it in Twitter, put, you know, just, you know, advertise that which we really haven't done. It's only gone out to the patrons, but there may be some other folks out there who are listening. that may actually want to know, Hey, how can I get in on this live stream? How can I get in on these conversations that y'all have that don't necessarily make the air? So Patreon is the way to do it. Once again, it's Patreon forward, patreon.com forward slash Detect John, and uh, you can find all about us there and uh, with that being said want to also mention that it is Martin Luther King Day now by the time that the masses are listening to this it'll be the day after but we have to give that shout out to uh Reverend Dr Martin Luther the King as my grandmother used to say the king, king. got to put the th in it Martin That's Luther right. the King so um and you so, got to
0: pronounce it King
2: yeah that is true that, that 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 is okay. true so <laughs> yeah Luther um Kang. before I actually started, I don't want to say caring about copyright. I just didn't know about it. And, you know, and I, we we care about it now. We want to do things the legit way. I would have just, just grabbed the, the whole, I have a dream speech and just threw it up. But, uh, apparently the family doesn't like that. They want, they want you to go through their, their organization to get the rights to put up. Uh, you know the speeches, and it's not always paid, so don't think that it's always like a money play for them. But they just want you to do it the official way. They actually make it available to schools and universities and nonprofits and all that kind of stuff very regularly. So, just want to uh, you know, you just can't just throw that speech on your podcast, which is I, I, I've been accused of doing that Fair in the past. Enough. So, but anyway, let's go ahead and get into some tech. Um, we had a couple of uh, you know, tech stories that, that I was really interested to get into. The first one is, uh, and I know both y'all are playing this but have you you know Wordle I just found out about this John last week Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about it actually was on Daily Tech News show and they clued me into it and so I've only been able to play a couple of days but man this game is very addictive
0: very addictive addictive. I got mine in three today like three tries I I was I kind of you know busted that out a little bit today I was pretty proud of myself
1: (laughs) Uh, Same here. I I do it with my my daughter. She doesn't have the patience to figure it out. So she quickly tries to go to the internet to find, uh, not necessarily cheats, but you know, uh, go to the source letter that starts in A and then she'll go through those and letter that word that ends in D five letter word.
0: You know, these, you know, these young
1: kids, they ain't got no, uh, you got no the short attention spans, man. This is the internet. I blame the internet. <laughs> well, the, the here, here's an interesting
2: thing. Um the guy that built this, I believe his name is Jason Wardle actually, um built this for his wife. And he specifically designed it so it wouldn't be a time suck and that you wouldn't just spend hour upon hour upon hour playing it. And it, and it turns out that that actually might be the hook because just like your daughter, Terrence, people are going out and getting the stars. They, they, they're not trying to cheat by looking up to see what the, you know, what the answer is, but they're spending enormous amounts of work and energy trying to figure out because you only get the, what is it? Five tries, mm-hmm. uh, five you know, times, you know, to figure it awesome. out, six, six tries to figure One, it out, two,
1: three, four, six, 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 six tries. Yeah.
2: So they're doing yeah. an awful lot of work to, uh, to try to get it. And then, of course, when anybody does something that is completely free, um, no advertising, you're going to have folks that are going to oh, let me see if I can't monetize this. So you just had gaggles of folks who are creating clones uh called Wordle, um, you know, both on it's Android and iOS. A,
0: I thought it was an app. So I went I just went straight to my app store at first mm-hmm. and there's like a bunch of Wordles in there. And I'm just like, oh, it's that one. And then I actually looked and I was like oh it's not an episode it's a web uh, based game um so yeah there's there's a ton of things out there I love though that, that like you said to to you know keep people from continuously scrolling and and playing it. You only play once a day. Um, and you don't have to I love that you don't have to register or sign up or create Mm -hmm. a name and password or Mm -hmm. you know, give away your firstborn or it just like just play the game one good time and go on about your business about Mm -hmm. your day. So I I really appreciate that simplicity of it.
2: Um, and I will say this the app store um, they are pulling down all of the clones that actually were clones of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they're only quickly. pulling down
1: the ones that have Wordle or Wardle or some iteration of the name in it. If they call it something else. They may be able to sneak by. Mm-hmm. Um, now I believe that there was an
2: application called, uh, Wordle completely unrelated. To this game that uh, you know was built uh, relatively recently, um, that goes back a, a while, and because it has the same name, they have just been getting immense downloads. And mm-hmm. the author was saying, well, "I'm even making money off of this," but I know people aren't; they're not giving me the money because they're thinking they're getting world or they're getting, you know, they're, they're getting the other thing. This, you know, this web app that's not even an app. So he has actually decided to donate what he is making, um, you know, to charity which is cool. So the, yeah. you know, the guy that actually created Wordle is like, Oh yeah, you know, this, this is a real one, you know, gave a shout out to him, but I just um, go ahead.
0: Now I was going to say, unfortunately, I don't see this lasting.
2: long
0: <laughs> because The guy who created it doesn't seem super hype about the virality of it right now. And, and the idea that he has to maintain it and update and, you know, make it so that more, you know, I'm sure his server has crashed. Whatever server he's hosting this game on has crashed more than once. So, um, he doesn't sound too thrilled about the idea of this becoming well, a real thing.
2: Yeah, he, he's moved, moved it over to uh, S3. He's uh, gotten Cloudflare for it. So this is all at his cost. And, um, you know, I believe it, it is just a JavaScript app. So once you go to the site, you download it, everything is on your whatever you're looking at. It's, it's in your browser. You're not actually going back and forth for the website so it's a pretty light um you know app and website but yeah at some point somebody's going to make him an offer he can't refuse because if we remember if we go back in the day the dude that was doing um what is it uh whatsapp messenger i'm never going to sell this until somebody offers you a billion dollars and then (laughs) it now becomes the
1: property of facebook so or not even or not even it may not even get that far you know uh stephanie you know At the very least, and again, I'm not going to tell this dude what to do with his time or his invention or, you know, whatever he feels like this should go. But I agree. Eventually, this is going to become a chore. Yep. And Mm -hmm. at the very least, he should, if I were him, consider at least getting paid for his time. Now, that don't mean he got to do ads or that don't however he does it, you know, to keep it. At the core of what he wants to be, it's going to take some work to continue that. Mm-hmm. And the only way he can, you know, or the only way in this world as it stands now is to there, there's going to be a cost. And eventually either he's going to have to decide, OK, well, maybe I'll, if he don't take the cost himself, maybe he'll just administration fee for him to farm it off. Or sub it off to somebody else and let them manage it. They he pay them a salary or whatever the costs go into it, and then he can kind of you know not be so enveloped. But he's going to have to take a cost in in order to pay somebody to do he's that. He's paying yeah. the host it. You know
0: what right, I mean? At a minimum. Right. Whatever nominal fee yeah. that might be, you know, and maybe Cloudflare, will be like you know, you're providing a service to people. We'll give you space for free or whatever. But, um, but the time involved, the, the the time investment on his part, you know, it, I don't think he set out to be a game developer per se. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how yeah. much support the game continues to get, and even how how popular it stays three right. months from now. You know, I mean, that's you know, what the internet say,
1: three months. I was
0: going to say, yeah. <laughs> And I was gonna say three days, yeah. <laughs> right?
1: So week we can change stuff the stuff
0: channel.
2: So, someone <laughs> someone's gonna get in contact with him because there are so many things. The fact that he by design built this to where you can only play once a day, people will play. But
0: remember to, how popular Words with Friends was? I mean, everybody thought that was like the thing, and it was just. <laughs>
2: da, 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 da. It's still it's kind, just kind of a thing, though. Um, it's still kind of a thing, and it's like it's yeah, they got a bag with friends. for it that. So we'll see.
0: Hit us up in the chat or, you know, leave a comment because I, I think that should
2: pass out, but I could be wrong. <laughs> so we, we will see. Um, I, I will be logging in and it's just fun. I'm not going to go hit at the sarsis. Yeah. Uh, I did get it today on the, uh, I think I got it on the fourth try, but I was just lucky because I just typed a word that was very close to it in the first try. So me too. so I just something. I just happened to get lucky.
0: I guess we can't give it away.
2: No, I'm not going to give it, it away cuz okay. people might still, you know, but I did. I type I
0: had the I had four letters out of the five in the mm-hmm. first try and I was like, "Oh, snap." And then it took me a minute cuz it wasn't a it, well, I got all right, I won't I won't give a yep. I say,
2: hey, I, I it away. I I was the same way. <laughs> Maybe today's wasn't that hard because it's like, wow, it's like it was literally i had i think in the first try i had three letters in the second try i had four letters i was like oh okay um
1: so we, you know so like i said i think it took me three four tries to get it but anyway so do y'all have a, so do y'all have a go-to uh first word or y'all just random out the gate
0: i'm random i looked at the article that we were, were talking about this from and they they gave some hints about where you should start or whatever um i do try to be like you know um um
1: R S T L N E. Yes, 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 yes. No. I, was,
0: I, I <laughs> yeah. couldn't think of the
1: name of the show. I was like, what's the name of the show? <laughs> the Word of Fortune, Will of Fortune, do. rather.
0: Um, yeah. The Word I of Fortune. Some... Something like that, but um, otherwise, I don't have a strategy.
2: Mm. Nah, hmm. I I haven't been playing long enough to have a strategy. I just I, I'm lucky to come up with five letter words as it is anyway. <laughs> so trying to do it in a puzzle. Um, we we just gonna go with what five letter word can I think of that I haven't used yet. And shameless
0: plug uh, for everybody watching, I will actually be on Fox 29's Good Day Philadelphia uh, this Wednesday talking about Wordle. They want me to hop on and just, you know, talk about Wordle or whatever. Oh, okay. So um, you can you can watch it streaming at uh, Fox 29 Philly.com, I believe. You can watch the stream um, somewhere in the 8 a.m. hour.
2: So um, next question. Um. Like so this. This was a quick hit, and I think we made it into a regular story because we talked about it for ten minutes. But <laughs> I do want to get to uh, Terrence. You had a, another quick hit that we wanted to uh, talk about, where uh, you know, you know, what is it like to sit courtside via, you know, VR? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, um, one of my uh gripes with VR is. It's still kind of gimmicky, in my opinion. Now, I'm pretty sure there's all kind of use cases and people enjoy it and exercise and whatever the case may be. But I still, for the price of the headset, which is comparable, maybe pay a couple more bucks for a for real game console with much more functionality. It's like, it's a lot of money to only steal after what, five years, maybe? Still only have like a little bit of uh use out of something like that. One of the things that I thought was interesting, but we never they never nobody's ever really talked about it was to be able to use VR virtual reality headset and sit like courtside via a basketball game or a football game or at a major concert. Never really talked about it. NBA did a little bit of something uh, prior to and what I mean prior to is prior to COVID, then COVID hit but they never really still talked about it. And then I was on my other uh, podcast with um, uh snob OS cast with Nika Monfort and we were doing our tech predictions. And one of my predictions was, you know, Apple, since we're Apple snobs on the show is Apple is not going to do a VR headset. I'm, you know, it's one of my hot takes, you know, all rumors point to they're doing one. Uh, but I don't think so. But she, uh, Nika countered with, well, you know, Maybe the reason why VR is not going that far is because Apple's not in it. Once Apple gets into it, and then other things like the NBA, the NFL, you know, Live Nation, sports, uh, what's the uh, Ticketmaster? All these other venues, all these other services may start to offer an VR experience. And then after that, you know, just doing research for this show, I came across a story to where a um, CNBC sports uh, journalist. Uh, was sent a VR headset and did like the NBA courtside experience with like a Celtics and a Pacers game. And he pretty much just kind of goes over his experience and me just reading through the experience. is like, that's what would convince me to get 1. a headset because one, I ain't trying to go outside like that because, you know, I got kids, COVID, all that stuff, you know, so I'm trying to stay as safe as possible, but I am catching co- um cabin fever in a sense that there are some things that I want to do. And it's like, all right, well, there's got to be a happy medium. And, you know, just him going through some of these um, points as to his experience with going through sitting court unquote courtside using an Oculus uh, meta, I think it's called Oculus Quest 2 device. Uh, it's 299 $300. And he actually goes through the process of sitting through, this actual live game, you know, he kind of talked about how, you know, there was only like a handful of people. You know, Oculus has been out forever. VR has been out for a while. This NBA courtside experience has been out for at least a year or two. And he went once you put it on before the game, you kind of sit in the lobby and it's like a handful of people, like 15, 20 people. And you can kind of talk to them as you're in this lobby waiting for the game to start. When the game starts then you go down and you can actually sit courtside. He said the experience was dope. The only issues he had was you can interact with the other people that have this live experience. Like you can talk to them about the game, you know, kind of like you would as you were sitting courtside mm-hmm. sitting next to a stranger. Uh, but the problem is if they've got <laughs> I thought this was funny if they have a bad connection. The, you can kind of see them and they're kind of wigging out like they're having a seizure. (laughs) Well,
0: that was the thing. That was one of the things I wrote in. I I wrote a note about. Um, I I agree with you that this was the first meta, quote unquote, metaverse example that makes sense to me. Right. Um, but now what, what Nika said, what you just said, Nika said actually makes a lot of sense as well. As far as I don't think a lot of these companies are really going to get on board and do this right until Apple is involved. Honestly, Apple Apple leads these trends. People, Mm -hmm. you know, Facebook slash meta doesn't have the best track record with people's privacy and PR and everything else. So I don't think that many people would even want to get in bed with with Meta. Um, I mean, they have the the the, the um, captive audience with three billion users or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, I think once Apple gets involved, you're going to see this whole game change real quick. Um, but the idea that the avatar sort of conks out mm-hmm. if your if your connection isn't great, mm-hmm. I was wondering like what happens if somebody is wearing a headset and they do have some legitimate physical ailment. And right. like maybe they're at home by themselves and they pass out or right. they have a heart attack, God forbid, or something like that. Like what happens to their avatar and would somebody in the VR space with them be able to tell that they were in distress right. and be able to like call somebody or or something? I don't think anybody's even thought about that possibility. But when he said it looked like this avatar had a seizure uh, and, and I was like, what if he did have a seizure? You know what I well, mean? Like right. what? What would happen? So I, that's just a whole nother, you know, thread or tangent. I, I kind of went on, but it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. In I the right can
2: see that absolutely happening because I know that there have been uh, game streamers, um, particularly on Twitch. It, it probably has happened on other platforms, but I know that there have been uh, Twitch streamers that have had medical issues while they are actually streaming and their community are the ones who alerted the authorities. It's like right. hey, uh you know I think this you know this person um is is having something you know going on, um and you know so i I remember reading stories about that on multiple occasions. I know that it also happens quite often in like Japan where you have people there that they they're trying to do like stream for like thirty six hours forty eight hours straight. So they they just literally, they're giving themselves. You
0: can see them though, right? Uh You can see that person.
2: You can see the person. So I could see this just being an extenuation from that. I could actually see that happening. And being the non Apple person, um, you know, on this, uh, you know, on this show, uh, I'm not anti Apple at all. I just don't have any Apple devices that I use currently. I absolutely agree with, uh, Apple in my opinion. They don't create new stuff all that often. But they will perfect somebody else's joint and they they will just get it right. And it's just like, okay. Um apple. let me let, let let me you know dabble my little apple in this and now y'all see how you like it. And they just take it to the next level. So you will get you uh it's like all the time, mm-hmm. like you know, Terrence and I or other shows, we have talked about like that Apple fanboy versus the Android fanboy or just the the Microsoft fanboy. And we never understand it. it's like you like what you want, you know, you like what you like. Why do you have to define yourself by what somebody else thinks about a product that they did like or dis you know or like or don't like? I don't get that. But there would be people who would be like, no, Apple did this. It's like, well, no, Android did it first, or Microsoft did it first. It's like, well, but th- m- what difference does so it make? Apple is definitely killing Apple it. You have to. Did it
0: best, yeah. so always be able to say Apple did it best.
2: So, um, yeah. so yeah, I, I do agree right. with that. When Apple gets in it, they they get in it, and it oh. tends to be pretty good usually, mm-hmm.
1: right? This yeah, be yeah, yeah. So, just uh, real quick, just to kind of uh, you know, kind of do an overview real fast. One of the other, in addition to that issue, which once more people adopt, more people adopt, it may be kind of hard to kind of pinpoint one person who may be having some connection issues because like I said, right now, so new, there's only like a handful of people, so they're easy to spot out. But once you get thousands of people that may be similar to sitting in an actual courtside game, right? Uh, the other only issue that I, he kind of noted was, um, uh, the, um, uh, resolution, uh, because, you know, with the, the, uh, the cameras, You know, I think they mentioned like one of the cameras was like $6,000. Another one was like $11,000 to actually uh, play this, but that's not the same type of resolution that people are used to when you're actually sitting at home in front of your 4K television. Right, right. You know, but (laughs) as, yeah, (laughs) right. Uh, But as more of these cameras, you know, they get a little bit better with the camera technology. You know, I could see that not being an issue. So those are kind of the negatives. The positive thing was he mentioned was, you know, you get to see, um, you get to watch the experience from different angles that you never even saw, you know, because they've got a camera. One of these cameras sitting at the announcer's table. So you see what the announcers are seeing. You see, you know, at the different um and the backboards. So they got the cameras behind the backboard. So, you know, normally we're used to either looking left or looking right if we're sitting at court side or if we're watching TV. But the ability to be able to see it live from the backboard, somebody shooting a three, or somebody dunking, or whatever uh, the case may be, that may be something interesting. So, all that to say, um, something like this, sports players, sports events, pushing this may be the catalyst for more VR adoption. Interesting
0: though, to see how much they start charging because it ain't no way in the oh, world yeah. I'm gonna be a courtside <laughs> season ticket holder and y'all giving this shit. Excuse my language. <laughs> free on in the metaverse, you know what I mean. Right now, it's free. No, uh, but they gonna have to figure out some sort of uh, model, revenue model for this because there is absolutely no way you can continue to let people do this for free while people are paying thousands of dollars for courtside seats in real life. The, the well,
2: first they, they game might them. be free just to get you hooked to it, but no, right. but, they will absolutely charge for this because the problem of the sports teams right now is that they can either not play enough games. The NFL is like, if we could just play every week for 52 weeks, if they could figure out a way to, you know, to physically make that happen for their players, there's no question that they wouldn't do it. Because as long as we're making money, why not do that? So they want to, well, okay, well, we can't, we can only go to maybe 17, maybe 18 games. Well, the stadiums, we can only build them so large. We can only get so many uh, people in the games. Well, how can we make more money? Okay, well, let's give them this virtual experience. And they're absolutely going to charge for that. So there's no right, question well, in my mind.
1: And they may do a different type of experience because you, there's nothing like being in person. So that'll always be the, you know, the top tier thing to mm-hmm. do is see it live in person, but you could do with VR, they kind of outlined it in the article where they talk about a different type of experience to where, you know, if you pay a certain amount, you get like a VIP level, a box level experience. And then if you pay for a certain, you know, even higher than that, you may get to actually watch it sitting next to a, you know, um, a sports celebrity. Now, of course, they're not sitting next to you, but, you know, they are in the same area to where in this metaverse. lobby, right. In in the metaverse, right. Mm-hmm. To where you're actually sitting next to this person. So, you know, that's something that you can't necessarily get going to a, you know, an actual live event unless you get the rights. unless you get the right.
0: I don't care. I have yeah. priced out season tickets before. They are not cheap and y'all need to be charging these fools something commensurate with what I'm paying (laughs) to sit on that floor. I don't care.
2: Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) All right. So for our next tech story, this is actually kind of a rehash. Something that we've talked about before. I believe it was, uh, you know, may- maybe a month, five week, five, six weeks ago, we talked about, uh, 3G, uh, on all the carriers in the U.S. this year is going to shut down. I believe the last one is December 31st for Verizon, but you've got, uh, Sprint and T-Mobile. They're actually doing stuff in February. Um, That's you know, it's February. Sorry, so yeah, so AT&T That's in February. Great.
0: Uh, T-Mobile is March. Some, they say there's, they said March 31st, but now they're saying some time between March and July.
2: So, um, uh, so we, we have talked about it before, but I don't think that we went into all the issues that are no. n- now that this stuff is really on the, you know, you know, literally it's like weeks away in some cases we uh, you know, there, there's a lot of issues. And like the ones that, you know, I talked about, I have a medical device that is going to stop working and right. they've already, you know, arranged a way to work around it because it also has, you know, wifi and I can use it that way. But I didn't think about like Star in my car stopping, you know, stop working. Now, heaven forbid, I'd never want to have to use that. But if I needed it and it's not there that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I don't want to upgrade my car just because OnStar doesn't work, but there's something else that has to happen. So Stephanie, why don't you just tell us about all the things that are potentially going to stop working when they turn 3G off this year?
0: Yeah, I wanted to bring it back because like you said, we touched on it, but I don't I don't think you know, the, the sense of urgency was there that first time because it wasn't happening right then. Um, but I think this is going to affect more people than, than we really understand. And I, so I wanted to make sure that. We at least got the word out because I know, you know, in communities of color, uh, this is going to affect low income communities, folks that might still be using prepaid phones and and smart devices like that. And the elderly community who does use medical devices or also uses older flip phones and and things like that. Um, This is really going to affect those two communities in particular, I think, more seriously um, than most. So I really wanted for our listeners to understand if you have, you know, el- elderly people in your family that do still use flip phones or, or are using a medical alert bracelet or something like that, or you know, other family members, um, that are using, you know, cricket phones or, or burner phones or something like that, um, they're going to need to figure something out. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, one of the issues that they talked about in the Washington Post article that, that I got a lot of this from was that, you know, older Americans, um, especially are not that tech savvy. Right now, we are still in COVID. There is still a whole panorama going around. So they're less likely to want technicians to come into the house to help them do that upgrade. They're less likely to want to leave the house to go to a Verizon or an AT&T store to get their upgrades done. So, you know, this is really going to be an issue for a lot of older people. But also, um, alarm companies are still scrambling. You know, in addition to the car companies and OnStar, alarm home alarm companies are still scrambling. There was one particular, um, kind of professional alarm society that says their members still need to upgrade four to 5 million devices around the country. And I I don't think that, you know, is a little number, um, that, that still need work. And they're actually petitioning the FCC to try to force AT&T at least to push their date, uh, their rollout date back from, from next month. So, um, so, yeah, there are a lot of issues, a lot of considerations. They said cars released between 2010 and 2021 could be affected. Um There's a CNBC article, and hopefully we can link it in our show notes, but there's a CNBC article that talks about all of the cars that could potentially be affected by this. And it's all of the cars. So I, I, yeah. I started writing some down because I was going to you know, read off a couple because I thought it was only going to be, you know, Hondas and Toyotas. But literally every different car manufacturer has some make and model of, of a vehicle that they sell that could be affected by this 3G su- shutdown. I actually need to call Nissan for myself because um, I saw, you know, a similar car on the list, uh, to mine. And I was like, Ooh, does that affect me too? So, um, so yeah, it, this is, this is going to be, I think a, it may not be a huge deal, like, you know, Y2K, but it's going to be a bigger deal than I think people think it will be.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, um, if you guys remember back in the day, it, and these things are still around, there was a phone, and for whatever reason, I understand the reason, but they called it the Obama phone. You guys have heard about those, right? Yes, yes, yes they're yes. so number it one, they're not Obama phones. It was actually started in the Bush administration. Yeah. So, if anything, it should be the Bush phone. But anyway, um, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the Obama phone, as everyone calls them today, many of those devices, uh, you know, like if you got one, 10 years ago, you know, 12 years ago, good chance that it was a 3G phone. That's and right. if that, you know, and if you were on that program, it's because, well, you know, you financially probably couldn't afford to have the latest iPhone or the latest Galaxy. So, uh so yeah, if those things just all of a sudden stop working, your that connectivity well goes right. away. That That is ridiculously disruptive to, you know, to so many people. Mm-hmm. So I hope that, um, you know, I don't want to be the one to say you need to extend this forever. Um, because there's always going to be that one person who's just, I'm not upgrading. Um, you know, they, they will just forego every warning that comes out but you have to make sure that you're at least getting the critical mass of people who are using this because no one is using old stuff because they just want to be on the old stuff. Generally right. they're using the old stuff because they can't necessarily afford to get the new stuff or they're not tech savvy right. enough to know that the new stuff is different than the stuff that they already have. They may think that what they have is the new stuff. So I I you know I definitely want to uh you know and we'll we'll continue to talk about this as these dates come up. Just to make sure that people know and understand, hey, it's like, you know, it's not like this feature is going to stop working. You will no longer be able to make phone calls or send text messages. The the thing that you do, you know, 80% on a phone like that, you will no longer be able to do. So, uh, and I just
0: want to remind people, like, call, you know, reach out to your carrier because a lot of carriers, at least for right now, I can't say that this is always going to be the case, but a lot of carriers are offering free upgrades or very discounted upgrades. Um, you know, not, and not just phones, like the alarm companies and, you Mm -hmm. know, device companies and other, other companies like that. So reach out to, Whoever your cell service is through or whoever your device manufacturer is and see what you can do, but be proactive about, um, getting this done sooner rather than later.
2: You want to add anything, Terrence? Or are you good?
1: No, I agree with everything everybody else said, you know. <laughs> Terrence uh, <is> like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see, you know, you, you think about, especially with the car companies. I read that story and, you know, it's amazing how. You know, cars as I think if I read it correctly, 2015 and newer are mm-hmm. still still clinging on to the 3G technology because, again, it's not just a phone, it's an entire car, you know, so trying to upgrade and um uh, uh, space, uh, you know, space those out. You know, it's not as simple as just going to your wireless carrier and getting a new phone. You know, it's a right. little bit more, uh, complicated process, you know, well, drive to the GM on. dealership. And I'm not a.
0: buying no new cars yeah. just
2: because the 3G don't
1: work no more. That, yeah, my 3G saying, doesn't work. Can
2: you upgrade it. me to a new car for free? Right.
0: right. Can, I get a, <laughs> can I get an upgrade
2: to the 21? Nah, Real. son, that's not going to work. So
0: planning for your next trip?
1: Plushcare.com slash
2: weight loss. No. So I want to get into our our, our main story. Um ooh, 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 oh, oh, wait. Ooh,
0: ooh. teacher, teacher.
2: Go ahead, go ahead.
0: Can we please talk about rebundle real quick before we do that? Yes, I,
2: yes, 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 yes.
0: Can yes. we can we have like five minutes
2: for rebundle? No, we, we have more than enough time. Real, I was gonna put I was gonna put quick. that at the end, but it's you know, just, so let's go ahead and talk about it now.
0: Heart. Um, I have a personal a, a attachment to this story. Like we got to Do you about get in
1: it. with the extensions. I, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen you wear extensions, you know, uh, you always stay with the short hair. Is this something well, near and dear st- to your heart because you're the market or you're the actual consumer?
0: Well, let me, let me, let me, let me break it down for you. Let's it, talk about rebundling. Let's tell rebundling.
1: folks what it is and first. Rebundling. So, yeah.
0: Rebundle is a hair-focused startup that is based in St. Louis. Um, Sierra Imani May and Daniel Washington are the co-founders. But it is a hair company that does extensions made out of plant-based materials. So um, mostly banana, uh, what is it, banana, 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 banana fiber is the core material of the extensions, and they sell them in different colors. They sell direct to consumer through their website. So rebundle, but they just raised one point four million dollars in a pre-seed round, which is huge for a startup of color, especially a startup of color run by women of color, a
1: non-tech um, startup, yeah, a non-tech, non-tech tech star startup yeah. <laughs> run by women
0: of color. I mean, that that that's to raise more than a million dollars is is unheard of uh for that demographic. So shout out to those sisters. Um, that are doing the damn thing. Um, but the idea that it is plant-based um, hair extensions. So hair extensions can either be synthetic, which uh-huh. I don't think anybody really knows what that means and what they're made of, or they can be human hair. And uh-huh. I can tell you, um, 20 years ago, easily, 20, 25 years ago now, um, the scalp issues I have today, The dermatitis I have in my scalp to this day, which I do now manage pretty well with shampoos and different things like that. But the scalp issues I have to this day started because of some synthetic braids that I had that did not agree with the skin on my scalp. And it it wasn't due,
1: it wasn't due to the homegirl, uh, tying too tight, braiding too tight.
0: (laughs) Because I I had had (laughs) braids, I had had braids multiple times before this time that mm-hmm. were tighter um and and you know these were so these were micros so they don't even they do micros as tight as, as other types of braids um but but it was the hair um, it could have been some combination of the tightness in the hair but i know for a fact it was the, the hair had a big part um mm-hmm. to do in why my scalp was the way it was like to the point where when I took those braids out, I I, I got them to go on vacation. I went, I was in Jamaica, get my swerve on, um, and maybe synthetic hair doesn't mesh well with chlorine or something in the pool. I don't know. But, um, when I got home and took those braids out, my scalp was a mess. It was just Uh a a sore. My my whole, my whole scalp was one big sore to Uh the point where, you know, I couldn't get relaxers for, I, I didn't get a relaxer for like A year and a half, my hair grew really well that during that time, but I couldn't get a relaxer. I couldn't do anything to my scalp. It was so raw and so tender and so bad because of these extensions. And just the idea that they may have come across a product that won't do that. And I know there's a bunch of other sisters out there that can, that have a similar story to these synthetic hair because you don't, you don't know. You don't know what is in that synthetic hair. You don't know where it's coming from, what kind of petroleum products they use them to make it look straight, you know, anything like that. We just out here buying this stuff um, from these beauty supply stores with, with no knowledge of, of what it can possibly do and how it can affect our bodies physically. Um, so the idea that, you know, they, Wanted to be more sustainable and wanted to be more um, intentional about how about the stuff they put in and on their own bodies um, that that helped them to come up with this uh, with this with this product is amazing. And I was like, we we have to get the word out there and mm. blowing sisters up because this is a huge problem in the black community. Y'all know sisters love changing no. their hair up, and if we have if we can get a product that'll help us do that more safely, I'm all for it. And and thank 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 God they got more money to do it.
2: I know for a fact that there are a bunch of folks who watch this uh, live stream, who listen to this podcast, who absolutely know how big of an industry the black hair care industry is. Exactly. But I also know that there's a lot of folks who watch this live stream, who listen to this podcast. They have no clue how big the black hair care industry is. <laughs> so this $1.4 million that uh, Rebundle has gotten, Is huge. Number one, as, as, as Steph, you know, said, you know, at the beginning, this is not something that happens a lot for a, you know, a woman, black owned business that is not tech getting funding. It is extremely, extremely rare. Um, but getting it in, uh, you know, this industry is probably just as rare because, you know, you, you have a lot of big giant corporations that are trying to capitalize on, the, you know, black hair care, you know, products because it is such a big business. So I'm just happy to see that these young ladies have, uh, you know, have, have been able to launch this and get the funding that they have. And I'll be interested to watch and see, you know, how they grow. Because if they, if, if this hits, it'll hit. I mean, it, it, you know, they, they, they could be huge in, you know, in a couple of years time.
1: And so, um, to piggyback off what you just said, uh, Rob, and to kind of circle back, Stephanie, um, I find it odd, but <laughs> I don't find it odd <laughs> that black hair care industry is such a large industry to where these young ladies can get 1.4 million. And not, I don't want to say like nothing because that's a lot of money. But the fact that they were able to get 1.4 million for a non-tech startup means that there is serious money in the black hair care industry. But even still, it still perplexes me how it's such a large industry, but we do not corner this market hardly at all. And if we do, it's a very low percentage. what I mean by that is, Black created, black owned hair care products. Now we can think of a bunch of hair care products that we use. We go to the beauty supply store and we get all these products that have our faces on them that are marketed directly mm-hmm. to us. We're not making them. We're not distributing them. We are not selling them in our I stores. Back
0: a little bit on that because it, it's, it's, up it's until changing. now, yeah, right, it's right, yeah, quite a bit,
1: right, and and that's kind of the whole point I was getting to is to now. We are finally starting to take a hold of this industry that directly affects us <laughs> directly, mm-hmm. you know, and we're finally starting to um, take ownership in that, which is why you now see Rebundle getting 1.4 million. I've got a homegirl, a, a, a good friend of mine, you know, um, and she does something similar to where she creates and sells um, hair care products, but I think she may be outsourcing the actual product from another country. So the fact that these ladies are doing it themselves, they're doing plant based because And they
0: plan it, to set up their manufacturing here in the United States and, as they're,
1: well. and they're, and they're, uh, setting up stuff in, in the United States here because it is, it's, I'm a guy, but it's common knowledge that. When you get synthetic hair to put in your head to do box braids or whatever, you know, you're supposed to dip it in something in order to alleviate the irritation that you get from putting it in your hair. So this is not something that they're just making up. This is a known issue. And the fact that they're actually tackling it and the fact that they were able to get 1.4 million dollars. They're going to make me go
0: out and get some braids. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm means, about to get
1: some just mean, Yep. Means that it's an important product and there's money behind it. You absolutely. know, there's, there's a, I mean, that's just like a one-two punch for anybody, a venture capitalist, somebody looking to invest. Is it an actual problem that needs to be solved? Yep. And there's there money behind it. Those are the, if you can answer mm-hmm. those two questions, they're going to throw money at you. And, and the there's fact that, recurring
0: money. Cause that's the third mm-hmm. thing is, mm-hmm. it, are you going to get return customers, yes. repeat mm-hmm. customers? These are there commodities. is absolutely recurring money behind this all day long. So, you know, again, shout out to Rebundle, like they, they are about to blow up. Seriously, I'm I looking for them. I'm so
2: happy for them. All right. So now we're going to get to this main story. Here.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> now we're going to get to this main
2: story. So, um, Terrence, you just asked a simple question. Have NFTs jumped the shark?
1: I did. I asked that you
2: question. You asked that? Or, or or Stephanie did you asked did ask that? Asked that. You asked, I'm sorry. Well, Stephanie, uh, no, you asked I, that question. I, I, no.
1: But, but I've asked that question before. That, that's why
2: I thought it was, was you. That's why I thought it was my, you. And my
1: answer was yes. Only because <laughs> my I'm ignorance. I'm a big happy <laughs> days fan.
2: <by> okay. Way. <laughs> yeah, so why? Stephanie, since you're the one who asked the question, I'm going to let you expound upon why that may or may not be true.
0: Well, I mean, I, I, you know, it's it's funny because we 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 throw articles in our little rundown to to research, and I read the last one, the Forbes piece about it's here to stay, and and they made some very good use cases for it. So I may be slightly not changing my opinion about it, but 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 open to other perspectives. But I do I really feel like this is something that people with money. Are, are doing to have a little fun right now, but um, how is this actually helping the greater society? And I, and I, I kind of came to that because a friend of mine on Facebook posted a, a status question and he was like, how are NFTs and Web3 what are they going to do to alleviate poverty in society and, and lift us up as a whole? And honestly, he had a hundred comments in there and nobody could really answer that question definitively with how these things were going to do that. And it really got me to thinking like, what is the point of all this beyond vanity and, and, and flexing how much, you know, crypto you own and, and, and everything else? And, and, you know, one of the examples of that is the fact that this, this Dow, um, recently purchased the let me get it right. Let me get it right. Uh, buh, Why
1: you do know. that? DAO stands for Dish uh, uh, De- decentralized,
0: decentralized autonomous, 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 autonomous organization. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right.
1: I wasn't asking because I knew but, I was asking because I needed to know. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> no, but, <laughs> they, but they
1: bought the Dune. Do- they bought like
2: an, um, one you, of the Dune books.
0: The, the copy of, of the original, you know, notes and everything else that went into Dune for $3 million. And then realized because they, they were going to use it to create these spinoff animated series and, and do all this other stuff with, with the content in the book. But they realized too late that they, while they own that book, they don't actually own the copyright to any of that material. Mm-hmm. So you can't actually take and, and the, and the, the example that somebody, all they gave, own is a book. All they own Literally. is a book. Literally. The example somebody gave was, uh, you know, you could buy Spider-Man issue one you know, from Marvel for a jillion dollars, you can't go and create your own Spider-Man cartoon based off that issue because you want to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and start selling it. So it's the same kind of concept. And and the idea that people don't really know enough about how all of this stuff works before they just throw in bags of money at the thing. Um, it, it just, you know, I'm like, and now Walmart's getting in on the act. I'm like, really, Walmart? Like, once Walmart is in it, I think it pretty much has become a mainstream thing that um either will be mainstream forever or will go away and jump the shark
2: okay um so i want to want to ask just to make sure when you say jump the shark you mean like in happy days is like okay yeah. this is really not a great it's show anymore because, or yeah it's okay. over
0: because now it everybody's doing it and it's crazy it done got too crazy so it's either going to jump the shark or become a ubiquitous part of our everyday lives
1: (laughs) what you think and i think
0: i think it's going to be the jump shark part
1: uh it may jump to shark now early because everybody is still trying to figure out the answer to your initial question how is this going to help society and everybody's like oh it's going to help society because it'll decentralize banks Mm -hmm. and everybody's like well you know well maybe you know it'll change the game and you know, revolutionize ownership of products because you don't have to have it physical, you know, so that's what the NFTs and well maybe now with this uh um, situation or scenario or, you know, well maybe we can collectively pool our money together in order to make changes. Like for instance, going back to our other conversation about the hair care industry, we could create a decentralized autonomous organization to uh get a distributing deal in order to get hair care products from the creators and the manufacturers and then distribute those to black owned uh, beauty, beauty supply stores <clears throat> or something like that. So all right. those different ways, you know, people are coming up with reasons as to how that's going to be, to be the way. And I think with, you know, crypto web three NFTs, I don't think there's going to be one specific way. So I think earlier on people are going to shoot their shot, whether it be, for a good cause or whether it be like to literally let me see if I can flip. Let me, let me get some of these suckers to, to, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to, to jump on oh, this product.
0: this no digital asset right quick. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, or create this, create this group and then do this thing and say, oh man, that's not going to work. And then on the side, I got all this money sitting over here and I converted to crypto and then I, now i got me a little war chest. Right. So I think right now it's too early. It's, it's too early. The 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 potential for all of this technology is so vast to where I don't think will our, our minds can yet comprehend the one way or the one two ways that this is going to work. It's just going to take us time, and we'll be doing different things. We'll try different things, and then eventually <laughs> something will catch, and right. then we'll be off to the races. Right now, everybody's trying all these different things, which is why people are like, ah, "This is stupid." <laughs> <laughs>
2: So here's my take on this. I absolutely don't believe that it has jumped the shark. I think the NFTs will be bigger this year than they ever were. I think they'll be bigger next year than they are this year and so on and so forth. I think these things are absolutely here to stay. And the biggest issue that NFTs have right now is that most people still have no idea what they are, or how they work. So I look at this story about this, the fact that these guys are running a Dow and they didn't, you want to spend $3 million. You didn't think that talk to a lawyer first, talk to an accountant first. This is not an NFT story. This is a y'all got finesse story of, you know, you know, at, you know, you at, know, at best you bought something. Thinking that you're going to be able to do something that you're not able to do, that has nothing to do with how NFTs work. That just has everything to do with just because you buy a book doesn't mean you can take all the content in a book and do what you want to do with it. There's still these things called copyright. So oh, yeah. when I, when I think about NFT, when I think about, um, you know, what they are, you know, NFT stands for non fungible token. What does that mean? Non fungible. What does that mean? You know, if you replace the word fungible with replaceable, Um, that's, you know, may help people understand what it is, Uh, you know, something that is non fungible is like, well, let me talk about what something fungible is. If I have a quarter, that quarter has 25 cents worth of value. Stephanie, I can give you that quarter and then you can give me back uh, another quarter. It's not the same quarter, but you give me back something else that has the exact same value. Um, you know, so quarters in that, you know, in that, you know, um, you know, aspect, they, they are fungible because I'm just, you know, it, it's not unique. It's not like I can't replace this with something else. Now, if you were to give me a quarter that had a mistake on it, when it was struck at the mint, and even though from a uh, from a monetary standpoint it's only worth 25 cents but from a collector standpoint it might be worth literally hundreds of thousands of dollars because there's only one that may be um struck incorrectly now you're talking about something that is non-fungible because you're not talking about it as a quarter as a monetary unit anymore you're now talking about it as this collectible thing that there is only one of so another example would be the mona lisa the mona lisa is you know, it, it has its value because there is only one Mona Lisa. They have created numerous prints of it, but there still is the only the one Mona Lisa. It's non-fungible. That's all the NFTs are. Um, you can almost think of them like receipts for receipts things that you've done. That so so I hear, you know, so like, you know, like um, a lot of things that people are using NFTs for today is uh, for art. Um, I think a couple of weeks ago, there was a, uh, a guy who was, you know, who had a bunch of NFTs. He straight up got finessed. He was working, with, you know, he thought some folks that were helping him fix an issue in his MetaMask wallet. And they basically told him to click the right buttons that allowed them to steal what he is saying is roughly, uh, $3 million worth of NFTs from him. Um, that has nothing to do with the NFT. It has everything to do with, he got finessed once again. It was like, you know, yeah, you know, th- this, yeah. these things were stolen from him. It wasn't because of failing of how NFTs work. It was a failing of him. Like, I'm going to let you into my bank account and you move some stuff around to help me out type of thing. That That's what happened to him. So when you think about, uh, you know, where NFTs are now, like I said, you know, I heard a, uh, you know, a couple of different people talk on this and, you know, as, as I think about it, it's kind of like, they're really almost like receipts to things that you have it's like here is a piece of digital art um that we're going to you know we're going to wrap in this token and it's going to be non-fungible so we know that this piece of art you now own the art based off of whatever license you had uh that was baked into the nft sometimes when you act you can have an nft that says no this physical thing that you have you now you know uh, someone else owns it um that's what the nft is saying
0: that's the thing i see uh, I don't see NFTs getting value until they're linked to physical items. Yeah. Cause right now, you know, you can talk about digital art and, and creators getting their money all you want. And that's great. I love the fact that creators can get their money. But at the end of the day, you can still just right click on that image, download it and use it however you want. So, so, so and- it, it's going to be hard to get those digital assets to actually appreciate in value when there's so many copies of them floating around the internet. Now, when you can connect my house, and my title, you know, my deed on my house to an NFT so that when I need to transfer that ownership, it gets transferred seamlessly without the need of going through a mortgage broker and a bank and doing all that other stuff. The that's decentralized part. Make, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> when it's going to make sense. But right now, I just think it's a bunch of people with too much time and money um mm-hmm. and, and, and not enough sense to do the work and the homework to know what's going on. I also think too, you know, we talk about the fact that it's decentralized now. I don't think that's going to remain the case either because I think, uh, eventually, the suckers is going to get cleared out, and you're only going to see one or two major players in the space, so now it's back being centralized again. Well, I'm looking so at what, uh, another, I think, uh, you
2: know, risk. Another reason why it's not going away, China is going full steam ahead with NFTs. Now, China has banned cryptocurrency in the country. Uh, when you think about uh, China, what is it, one out of five, Just one out of six,
0: figure out how to control yeah, it in the government,
2: one out of you know. Uh, what is it? 1.6 billion people in China? Um, that's about a, you know, one sixth of the population of the planet. If they are getting in NFTs, NFTs are going to be a thing. That's just, that's just too big of an economy that they are the number two economy in the world right now. They will, you know, probably in the not too distant future be the number one economy just because of the sheer size of the country and how many people are there. Um, so it's not going away. Now they they basically have outlawed cryptocurrency in the country, but they're building their own blockchain that they want to tie NFTs to. That tells me this is not going anywhere. And and as I said, I think right now the biggest issue for NFTs as I said is people just don't realize what it is, how it works. Things happen. Oh, that's why I'll never, you know, be in the, you know, NFTs. I remember back in the day, my grandfather, uh we were going to the store and uh we saw an ATM. Actually it wasn't even a store, it was the bank. I'll never use that ATM machine. You, you mean to tell me I'm just gonna take money and just put it into this into this <laughs> machine and now the you know the the bank has it. I don't trust it. We all use ATMN, you know, ATMs all the time. True story. I was walking in a circle K about a week ago. They actually have a Bitcoin NFT machine. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Uh, not not, not NFT, a, a Bitcoin um uh ATM machine conversion right. uh-huh. really? um, where you can actually go now I don't think you could actually take money out I think at this point you were only able to put it in but it's like yeah, th- this stuff isn't and going seen, anywhere
0: like convenience stores in my neighborhood that like we take Bitcoin like you can yeah. pay yeah, and so now at, at a bunch of random different places. So, yeah, I don't think it's going away per se. I just think
1: people are know, fumbling right now though. Yeah, we go, <laughs> we go, we're going to see
0: what happens when the smoke clears and know. and what's left. And I th- I don't think it's going to look the same as as this this great new horizon that everybody is making it out to be right now. I don't think it's going to look like that at all. I think it's going to look mm-hmm. a lot like a lot of the stuff we already have just on the internet. Um so now, we'll
2: I've see. been where y'all are. It's like so I have this digital thing that you know I have this digital art that I've just purchased. I paid this money for it. But I could have just got the JPEG and had the same art, the same fidelity, all that kind of stuff. I'll 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 leave you with this. I actually went to see the Vincent Van Gogh digital experience um right before Christmas. And I, I missed
0: it when
2: it came to my area. And when I left the, you know, this is all about Vincent Van Gogh and th- the amount of work this dude did in like a 10 year span. is just ridiculous. 2000 masterpieces in 10 years. Um, But that being said, I understood how NFTs could work from an artistic standpoint, because I walked out of there saying that, you, you know what? Um I'm never going to have a Van Gogh hanging in my well, never a long time. I'm probably not going to have a Van Gogh hanging on my wall uh with a light shining on it so I can just go look at it when I want to. That's probably not probably not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But um I could get a print of one. I could absolutely get a print of one. But you know what else would be cool? I could put a 50 inch TV up on the wall and actually have this virtual experience that I saw that I would actually Mm -hmm. pay money for to have that thing just playing on a loop on um you know on uh you know a monitor or on a TV that's hanging on my wall as art. I, I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm so serious about that that I'm thinking about right behind me putting like a 50 inch TV that I would just have, you know, that I could use for presentations if I'm doing like a, you know, a webcast. But, you know, generally it'll just be, you know, with an art, you know, piece of art, you know, up there. Um, now once again, you could just go get the, you know, the JPEG and just have it, you know, like, you know, same thing. You could take a picture of a, you know, when you go see a, you know, nice piece in the, you know, in the museum, you could take a picture of it and then, and play that. But I could actually have the thing that I could purchase from them that I now know that, okay, yeah, there are other people who have the JPEG, but I have this, and it has value. And if Terrence says, you know what, Rob, I really like that. um You want to sell it? Well, how much, you know, we could actually do, you know, that type of transaction. I see mm-hmm. the possibility after just being immersed in, man, this is really cool. I'm looking at all this art that is all digital, that is shining up on giant screens in a converted warehouse.
1: So, right. But the key to to what you say with the Van Goghs, those are masterpieces now. Were they masterpieces when he did it? Right. We don't know right now. Well, that's how art works. Says, right. But all NFTs, art
2: is basically as expensive as the person that buys it is willing to pay for it. That's always
0: well, the case. All, yeah, it's all subjective. Yeah. So. Right.
1: But my, my, but my point is NFTs right now, we are, what, emph- in this infancy, a year, a two or three, maybe in at the most. It's going to, going back to my original point, it's going to take years. For us to finally see the value, not the use, not the resourcefulness, not the the application. I think the value, I think, is what everybody's attracted to. And right now, cryptocurrency NFTs, you know, everybody's trying to figure out, all right, how do I get value out of this? And I think that's right. where everybody's kind of still grasping yeah. at straws.
2: I, I will I will concede that point that right now, from an art standpoint, you probably don't want to hold it long. You probably want you're going to make the purchase, unless it's just I'm going to go Depending spend this, this money piece, on this thing, and right? I'm going to if hold I, it for. If I
0: buy a, if I buy an NFT of a Banksy piece, I'm gonna hold that. You know what I mean? But if I buy an NFT of, of, of you your know, boy millions, on the corner. <laughs> yeah. Like, because yeah. literally everybody in a mama who can afford the gas prices are, are throwing stuff up on OpenSea right now. You can um, buy. And, a- and it's, so it's like, it, it depends. Like, art is subjective. Art is yeah. subjective.
2: So th- that, that I get. It's like, uh, what, what was it? Uh, the first, uh, the first tweet. What did it go for? A couple yeah, million, Jack almost Dorsey's Jack Dorsey's like, first yeah, tweet, over, 2.9 over $2 million or something. Dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand if it don't but run, someone placed that value on it therefore that's how valuable it is.
0: Well it feels like there there's a line in the incredibles where they try to get uh dash to not run so fast mm-hmm. and they're like oh you don't want to hurt the other kids feelings and everything else like, that, like that. and you know, because everybody's special and he says well whenever if everybody's special no one is. Then nobody's right and 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 it and that is what i feel about nfts it's like if everything is special and everything has a value and everything can be non-fungible and everything can you you can assign a digital, you know, then then what is the point of any of it at all? You know what I mean? It just I make it. Make we'll sense. get there. I, I think we'll yeah. get there. Make make I
1: think sense. I think it's too early to call right now. <laughs> we know it's going to be something important. We know that it's going to be the future, mm-hmm. but it, it, we're still in the present right now. So I think it's just going to take time. This is how I know, I know it's going to be a kids. thing. Banks are
2: already getting their lobbyists ready to go and lobby against decentralizing uh, mm-hmm. you know, finance. They just, they, they they just don't want it. It's like, no, we make all the money right now. We don't want that to change. Let's go put sure. people in place to create law so that we continue to make all the money and that we don't, you know, we don't distribute that out to the people. The fact that that is going on right now as we speak, yeah, this stuff isn't going anywhere. So all right. We are to that time in the show where we get to do one of my favorite parts, uh, the Tech John Spotlight. So, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and tell us about our uh, about our spotlight person this week.
0: Tech John Spotlight. So this week. Hold on. Let me get my paper together. we have a lot to thank Alan Emtage for and I I hope I'm saying his name correctly his talent and work played a significant role in transforming our everyday lives and more specifically how we find and consume information. That's because Emtage invented the search engine without him we may not have had Google or any other programs people use to search the web. As a graduate student and systems administrator at McGill University in Montreal, Canada Emtage created and implemented the Archie search engine a program that automated the previously time-consuming process of finding specific pieces of software in other words the world's first search engine unfortunately for Emtage he failed to patent his invention in 1983 Emtage entered McGill University in Montreal Quebec Canada studying for an honors bachelor degree in computer science which was followed by a master's degree in 1987 from which he graduated in 1991 Emtage was part of the team that brought the first internet link to Eastern Canada and only the second link in the country in 1986. In 1989, while a student and working as a systems administrator for the School of Computer Science, Emtage conceived and implemented the original version of the Archie search engine, the world's first internet search engine. In 1992, Emtage, along with Peter Dutch, also a McGill graduate, formed Bunyip Information Systems in Montreal, the world's first company expressly founded for and dedicated to providing internet information services with a licensed commercial version of the Archie search engine. M. was a founding member of the Internet Society and went on to create and chair several working groups of the Internet Engineering Task Force, the standard setting body for the Internet. Working with other pioneers such as Tim Berners-Lee, Mark Andreessen, Mark McCahill, who was the creator of Gopher, and John Postel, MTAJ co-chaired the Uniform Resource Identifier Working Group, which created the standard for uniform resource locators or URLs the little thing you type in the search bar when you type whatever those are URLs. He basically created the standard for that or helped to create the standard for that. On September 18th, 2017, MTAJ was inducted as an innovator by the Internet Society into the Internet Hall of Fame in a ceremony in Los Angeles. And on October 20th, 2019, MTAJ was conferred the honorary degree of Doctor of Science from the University of the West Indies. MTAJ has spoken and lectured on Internet Information Systems and is Chief Technical Officer at Mediopolis, a web engineering company in New York City. Shout out to Alan Amtage, the father of search.
2: So I remember um, when when I saw you put this in, in our show notes, I went back and I looked, it's like, I think I remember using Archie back in the day when I was in college. And it's like, at no point ever did I even think about a bruh created this. Um, I probably didn't think about who created it. It was just like somebody at some university, which it kind of was. But mm-hmm. but no, you know, he, he looked like us. That is uh, like I said, I, I love these spotlights just because you learn something else. You learn something new um, every day. How, how cool is this? We shouldn't be calling it, you know. When you say to go search or something, no, we kind of just
0: on camera with me. I feel alone. Uh, I tried
2: to send uh, Rob a text message. Myself. My bad.
0: <laughs> I was like, I'm by myself here. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, you so
0: such, such such poignant things. I'm like, I need to see y'all. Right
2: my there. bad, my bad. But anyway, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm just thinking. It's like, yeah, this that this is, dude I didn't created. Didn't know this.
0: that either, but, but I feel like I've heard of Archie in the context of Google, and and the fact that that's where they took a lot of their you know technology and inspiration and, and and everything else for google um i've heard it being used in conjunction with how google got its start but I never have heard the name alan mtosh ever
2: so yeah we shouldn't be saying go google this or go google that we should be saying go Emtage that
1: uh, okay <laughs> go, Arch- go archie that. go archie, yeah. I'm an archie go,
2: go go archie that go archie that <laughs> So, folks, before we wrap our show up, um, we always give a shout out and a thanks to our new patrons who uh, join us. So this week we had a couple of new folks who are supporting us over on Patreon over at Patreon.com forward slash the John. They are James Wood, excuse me, James Woodford and Lou Goon. And Lou Goon, uh, we go back for, I think, seven, eight years ago. He's been, you know, been a member of like a, a, a Facebook group that uh, I and a couple other brothers run from one of our other podcasts called the SMR Podcast. And he is like one of the minions. I mean, he's been supporting SMR Podcast since 2014, I think. So yeah, so Lou. Big, and, and he's the one who actually said, hey man, why don't you... Uh, <laughs> Why don't you let people know on your website when they can actually watch your live stream? I don't know. It just takes, you know, common sense to come from, come from the minions, come from other folks. So thank you, Lou. It's a
0: it's a ongoing process. (sighs)
2: So folks, that is our show for this week. So we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. And as we always do at the end of our show, we say this one little
1: thing: peace, peace.